Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. This is VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Number two of Big Bets, Dave Austin Marshall here at South Point Casino and Hotel in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. I want to give it our pro tip for hour number one. Be very, very careful with things like season trends when it comes to ATS records. Yes, they can be very informative, and you should note them. That is for sure. But you should also look who played, when they played, and who was actually lining up on either side. Injuries certainly are into account. Week 18, some games kind of, some teams looked at those as throwaways instead of really, you know, dialed in to try to win the game. So ATS records season long, they can be informative, but I would not base a season long trend and try to necessarily use that into the postseason. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I think something to pay attention to. Uh, You know, the Giants in Seattle are probably two teams that you look at that were getting points in so many spots. And I think it's different than what you see as the Giants are now one point less of an underdog than they were the first time around in Minneapolis. Yep, in which they were uh, they were getting four. They lost by three. So, again, use them as your friend, but don't necessarily live by them like a Bible. That is the pro tip for hour number one. Again, you have access to up to 20 pro tips a day across the VEASAN spectrum. You can get those uh, when you become a VEASAN pro subscriber, and you go to VEASAN.com, sort those out by show and or by sport. Let's bring in Nick Whalen. We like to do this each and every Friday. He is, of course, the senior analyst at Rotowire. You can follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Whalen. Substitute the L for the number one. Nick, great to have you on the program uh, again, my friend. Let's talk about the NFL first before we switch over and get some of your plays in the NBA tonight. We've been looking at this Niners and Seahawks game, and again, open around 10 and a half, 11. It's come down 
to nine and a half. And then kind of like in card sharks, the old game show freeze. It's frozen right there at nine and a half. What do you make of that line move to drop? And what do you make of that number now? Well, I tell you what, guys, as somebody who is on San Francisco, I, I was totally fine with this number resting at nine and a half. I'll tell you that much. So, I, you know, it, it's kind of tough to read into uh, exactly why it hasn't gone up a little bit more, to be honest. I, I think, you know, for just looking at week 18 alone, I mean, Seattle really struggled uh, to, to get into the playoffs, needed overtime against the Baker Mayfield Rams uh, at home to, to even get in. Meanwhile, you know, the 49ers just kind of steamrolled their way to another victory, just like they've done for, for the better part of the last two and a half months. So, you know, I think one thing we do need to keep an eye on with this game is the weather. Um, you know, there's a, I think they're calling it an atmospheric river oh boy. Uh, hitting California this weekend. This is a new term as far as I'm aware. I don't know if it was just introduced or what, but uh, we're looking at a lot of rain is essentially what it means. 100% chance of precipitation on Saturday. It's going to be windy as well. I, I think on paper, to me, I, that, that maybe benefits the 49ers more than it does the Seahawks. But if you think all the way back to week one, you know, the 49ers lost to the Chicago Bears in similar conditions. So my guess is that the weather is, is maybe uh, kind of factored into the slide because I think the 49ers guys could easily be 10, 10 and a half point favorites here. I, I would agree with you, Nick, and I, I think you're absolutely right. I thought this number should have been on the other side of 10, not below it. We'll see how it plays out. Want to go to a game I know you're looking forward to Saturday night. You've got a bias on this one. Somehow somebody from the state of Wisconsin, big Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Nick actually didn't disclose. I'm going to go ahead and do this on air. I don't mean to call you out on air, Nick, but Nick is a minority owner of the Jaguars. Oh, wow. that's, that's the only way you wind up as a Jags fan being from Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, to make matters worse, I'm actually from Green Bay. I mean, it's just it's a mess. I'll admit that. But no, you're right. I mean, the yeah, if you're a Jaguars fan, they just give you – like 1% ownership of the team, which is how it works. So, yeah, I, I do need to disclose that right away But before I talk about this game. But, look, we, you know, all week I, I've been kind of trying to you know, kind of hedge my, uh, my, my emotions with this game. I'm not going in with, with high expectations. I actually didn't love how the Jags looked in that game last week against Tennessee. I, I thought they got bailed out by a pretty questionable call yeah. on that Josh Dobbs fumble. Um, other than that, I mean, the, the defense was really not able – to slow down Tennessee, the Titans were able to control the clock for the entire first half. Uh, didn't think Trevor Lawrence looked all that good, but I also think this is a much more vulnerable Chargers defense, and now we know it's a Chargers team that will not have Mike Williams. And it's just an unconscionable decision by Brandon Staley to, to play his starters as much as he did last week with absolutely nothing on the line. I, I think we were misled these last few days into thinking that uh, Mike Williams would have a better chance to play than he ultimately did. He's not even going to travel to Jacksonville for this game, so that changes things. For the Chargers, it really does. If the Chargers were at full strength with Mike Williams, I think I would lean L.A. pretty heavily. I think that's a pretty big mismatch against the Jags secondary. But you take Mike Williams away, this is a very, very different Chargers team. I think this is essentially an even game. I get why the Chargers are favored, but I'm kind of coming around full circle, guys. I like the Jags plus two and a half right now. Hmm. I like the points he makes there, Dave, and he's absolutely right. You know, I love your line. I'm going to steal it, which is this is coaching malpractice by Brandon Staley. You just can't allow this to happen. You really can't, and I don't know how in the world you play Bosa and Williams, and then those guys go down, and Bosa looks like he's going to be able to go, but he won't be 100%, yeah. that's for sure. Now no Mike Williams. Very quickly, Nick, uh, was it like Mark Brunel, Fred Taylor? Like what was it that made a young Nick Whalen <laughs> fall in love with the Jags? <laughs> That is a really good question. Uh, you, know, you have to remember that, you know, in my youth, like the Jaguars were really good. You know, when I was first getting into football, like that was when they, they had their 14-2 and season. Uh, I think they, they ended up losing to the Titans in the AFC title game. All three of their losses were to the Titans that year. So, 
yeah, it was a combination of Brunel, Fred Taylor, my all-time favorite player, Keenan McCardell, oh. uh, you know, Donovan Darius. The, the list goes on. Um, I, I don't know. I think it was the uniforms as well. I mean, I, I think we can all agree those, those old, like, turn-of-the-century steel and black and gold Jags uniforms. Um, you know, when you're seven years old, that's a pretty big deal. <laughs> well, first of all, i got to say a couple things. Fred Taylor, criminally underrated, oh, tremendous man. running back, had a great career oh, yeah, for the Jaguars, ball. probably the best running back who won't get into the Hall of Fame. Um, but I got to respect uh, Nick on this one because, you know, you grew up in Green Bay. Packers were doing well with Favre. They transitioned over to Rodgers, obviously, it's later on. But give him credit for finding a team. Look, I'm not going to pick on you for being a Cowboy fan because I know your dad was a Cowboys fan, so that's why you became a Cowboys fan. Right. But the reality to me is usually you don't see people like those. Like the young kids today, I remember the, the, like my nephew's a Seahawks fan because they won the Super Bowl with Russell Wilson, oh. lives in Arizona. Uh. All these people that are Warriors <laughs> fans, you know, all these Johnny-come-latelys. I'm not fans of those, but I respect both of you guys in terms of how you picked your affinity and your le- allegiance to your teams. And I, I will say, Keenan McCardell, Jimmy Smith, what a great pair great of combination they had to get to those title but, games. But it, by the way, he might be the only person in the world that is Keenan McCardle's favorite player. Even in Keenan's family, he's probably not their favorite player. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they love Mark Brunel. That's Absolutely, their favorite player. Exactly. <laughs> Let's keep going down on the uh, wild card weekend, super wild card weekend. We talked about the Bengals and the Ravens game. Amal and I have all week, obviously. And then we saw the tweets from Omar Jackson. I don't know if those are going away tweets from, from Baltimore, but he's certainly not going to be able to play here. We know that Huntley right now is questionable. He's been upgraded to questionable at least but they might have to go to Anthony Brown again. This number opened around six and a half. Yes, it's gone up to nine, but it hasn't gotten out of whack. Remember last week it was 11 and a half. What do you make of that number now at nine? Do you think it's still playable for Cincinnati? Oh, absolutely. I, I think this is, I, I view this one pretty similarly to the 49er Seahawks line where I mean, if it's under 10, I, I think I've given the green light on that. And, you know, it's important to shop around with this game. It was at nine and a half last night. It's as low as eight and a half over at FanDuel right now. So if you're on Cincinnati, maybe go scoop that up. I, I just don't think it really matters right now if it's Anthony Brown or Tyler Huntley for the Ravens. I, I, I actually kind of like Tyler Huntley based on what he did last season. He just hasn't really seemed like he's brought that same kind of dynamicism, if that's even a word, to the quarterback position. Like there's a, a major, major drop-off from healthy Lamar Jackson uh, to, to, to Huntley. And it, it, to me, it didn't feel like there was as big of a gap last season. So I feel like the Ravens know they're dead in the water. I mean, there's just been kind of weird quotes coming out all week. Sammy Watkins uh, had some things to say today that were a little concerning, I think, about the future of Lamar Jackson. So I think the Ravens are in a bad spot. It, you know, the, the one thing here is you have a low total. It's been hanging around 40. Like, the Ravens' defense is really, really good. Basically, since they acquired Roquan Smith, they've, they've completely reversed the narrative on that side of the ball. So I, I think if they have any hope here, it's that they can maybe hold the Bengals to, like, 21 to 24 points. But then the question becomes, do the Ravens possibly find a way to get to 14 or 17? I don't know if they do. I tend to agree with you. The question is, can they get enough points in this one? Uh, that that remains to be seen. Nick, when you look at the AFC, uh, we talked about there's kind of a point of demarcation between the top three teams and the other four teams. Do you see it the same way, or do you have one team that is, you know, to you, the the absolute prohibitive favorite? No, not at all. I, I, don't, I don't think it's really possible right now to definitively convince me or anybody that, you know, the bills are that much better than the chiefs or the Bengals or the Bengals are that much better than the bills and the chiefs. Like I I really think uh, it's kind of a dead heat. And, you know, honestly, I think the chiefs, you know, losing Tyreek Hill kind of having to reconfigure the receiving core to me, that is, that is even the playing field a little bit more. Um, And, you know, I, I think the Bengals, if you look at the Super Bowl odds, you know, they're, they're pretty consistently considered the third team 
among that group, but you know, I mean, they they went in and beat the Kansas City Chiefs earlier this season. I think they would tell you they felt pretty good about beating the Buffalo Bills a couple of weeks ago. So uh, if you're looking for value, I think you know, betting the Super Bowl, like you know, I'm not going to take like Jacksonville at forty to one or the Vikings at thirty to one, anything like that. But you get the Bengals around seven, eight to one. Uh, to me, those teams are are really that equal. Yeah, right now you get eight to one right now on the Bengals out there. So that's at DraftKings. Uh, I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Nick. Very quickly, let's go to the night in the NBA. We've got about 90 seconds to go. I know you like some some favorites here. A couple games here, one on the road and one at home. Let's start with the one on the road. The Warriors uh, laying a big number against San Antonio. Uh, why do you think it might be good to back Golden State tonight? I think this is a great bounce back spot for Golden State, you know, it's the second game back now with Stephen Curry, and they had a huge letdown earlier this week. I mean, they played a, a Suns team that was without, like, seven of its key guys, <laughs> and they got rocked, and they ended up getting blown out by that team. Uh, I don't think that happens again. I, I think Curry will, will settle in a little bit more. He was a little shaky in the first half of that game, and obviously Golden State let it get away. Um, and yeah, on the other side of this, I mean, the San Antonio Spurs guys, they're not good. Uh, this is breaking news. They are allowing the most points per game. It's a pretty basic stat, but the most points per game of any team since 1990. I mean, it's, it's record-breaking stuff how bad they've been wow. on the defensive end. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's more so you know, kind of a, a hedge against San Antonio than it is a vote in favor of Golden State at this point. But I think we know what the Spurs' goal is right now. That totals 244. Holy mackerel, they Ooh. give up points. And I know, oh Nick, you are also on the Kings tonight, laying nine and a half at home against the Rockets. Mm-hmm. Uh, we appreciate it, Nick. Enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend, my friend. We'll catch up again next week. All right, looking forward to it, guys. Thank All right, you. Darius does a great job at Rotowire as the senior analyst there. When we come back, let's delve deeper a little bit into college basketball as well as maybe some a look down under. It is Big Bets on these. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7.
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism, fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com. Check the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every single game? Well, the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes, so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vison.com. Enjoy that conversation with Nick Whalen in the last segment from RotoWire. I did want to go down under with Amal Shaw and talk about the Aussie Open. Now, you and I talked about it before we saw the draw for both the men and the women. This is going to get underway. What's Sunday over there? I'm, I'm always, you know, time-challenged. Right. So that's, um, I have no idea what time that'll be for us. Monday, Australia, Sunday here. Kelly's telling me that's right. I have to believe him. The uh, Well, here, I'll make it simple for you. Just subtract five hours. So right now it is 12.15 on the West Coast, okay. 3 o'clock on the East Coast. Uh, just subtract five hours. It's 7 o'clock but on is it Saturday Thursday morning. Or is it Saturday? Did he really just say that? <laughs> so let's get to the draw now. Look, Joker was minus $1.10 to win this thing. The draw is out. You know what I love about Twitter? I mean, What's funny about Twitter is, if you go by the, the AO and you follow the draw when it comes out, you know what everybody on Twitter says? Oh, my God, Joker got the easiest draw. Medvedev got the easiest draw. Sisbeth got the easiest draw. They, they all just go, everybody they like got the easiest draw. Well, who are these people that said Joker did get an easy draw? Okay. I want to know who else these people think got an easy draw. They, depending on who they're wagering on, they got the hardest draw. Like, if they liked Nadal at 17-1, to 1, by the way, that has dropped a little bit after the draws come out. I know that you said earlier in the week that you thought Nadal might be a good play to get to the semis, right? Does mm-hmm. that still hold, or is there some traps out there for guys like Nadal? If you think Joker's path is easy, laying a dollar ten doesn't it's not going to bother you. But you know, Medvedev or Stefanos, how do you look at Kyrgios sixteen to one? How do you look at some of those draws they got? Uh, you know, I, I look at it right now, and I say they're in pretty good shape. But uh, I think this draw is pretty simple. Look, it's going to be Joker, Medvedev. Rafa got a tough draw, though. He's got to face Jack Draper in the first round. The young Brit is a good player, good, tough server. That will not be an easy one there for Rafa. He should get through, but still not not as easy. You're looking at Rublev potentially in the quarters for Joker. And then on that side, Taylor Fritz and Kasper Ruud uh, for Medvedev. You're looking at uh, Felix shows Oje Ali Asim, Rafael Nadal is two of the guys that are potentially there uh, for being in the uh, quarterfinals. So I think Joker has got a cakewalk to the final here. If Novak does not win this thing, it's on him. I would say this. I would set the over-under on sets lost by Novak in the seven matches at four. Woo! Now, out of once the men's draw was announced, mm-hmm. Rafa's number is the one that dropped the most. Yep. 
that to your point of he might have had the hardest draw yeah. out of the elite players in this field. Down to 17-1. Does that make it playable? That even though you don't think Rafa's going to win and you think that Joker will, that if he can at least go to the semis, you're going to have potentially some spots there where you can jump off Rafa knowing you got 17-1 in pocket. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question about it. I think that's the uh, prudent play with Rafa. You're looking to get him to the quarters of the semis and then be able to hedge off. And if you take him at 17 to one, which is a good number, uh, you've got an opportunity to potentially get him in there. And then the one thing is, you know, last year he's getting dominated by Medvedev in the finals down two sets and down a break. I mean, Dave, it was just a matter. I I mean, I'm surprised they didn't start engraving the trophy with uh, Daniil's name on there. And the next thing you know, he just turns it around, and of course, the crowd's going to always be behind right. someone like him. And that does help. Yeah. you Now that Roger's out of the sport, uh, it's going to be Rafael Nadal that's the most popular player in the world, and it's really not even close. The one guy that that doesn't seem to affect is Novak Djokovic, and I know he's your, your bet at minus dollar 10 to win the Aussie Open. So, like, if Joker gets to the – can they are they in the same half of the draw, Nadal? They are not. They, they are not. So, they the, could, fa- they could the face each other in the final. So, if it's Joker and Nadal, mm-hmm. if there's one guy – throughout his career, is immune to whoever the crowd is cheering for, it's it's Joker. Joker, Yeah. Right? Like, when they did it for Roger at Wimbledon, it almost fueled Djokovic. You know, if it's the French and it's Nadal, he doesn't seem to get affected, whereas other guys, and maybe Medvedev that happened last year in the final, it does affect mere mortals, but Djokovic is not a mere tennis mortal. Yeah, and he's got an opportunity to become a double-digit Grand Slam winner. Right. Think about that. Rafa, wow. we've seen him do it at the French Open. To be able to win 10 Grand Slams down at the AO would be an incredible achievement. And he didn't even play last year. So, you know, he had won three in a row, 19, 20, and 21 down in Australia. So a great opportunity for Novak to pick up where he left off. I mean, this guy has been dominant and a great opportunity to really start to catch Rafa in terms of career Grand Slams, but also still to run his dominance in this sport. I know you, you we'd mentioned earlier in the week, we normally don't like to play tournament favorites when you're not getting plus money, mm-hmm. but when you're laying a dollar 10 with the Joker, that number is going to be gone. Once he wins that first round match, Correct. right? All of a sudden that number is going to hop up a little bit. And yeah. then when he wins in the second round, like that's the best of the number that you're going to get with the Joker. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And you, you know, you talk about domination. This is a guy that has won this tournament eight times in the last 11 years. And one of those years he didn't play. He wasn't allowed to play yeah, last so he's year. won an eight out of 10 times. And we've seen the type of dominance he's had down there. The courts are not super fast compared to the U.S. Open. And Novak has done well. He's in tremendous fitness condition. Him and Rafa, the fitness level for them is oh, just at a different. Freakish. Yeah, absolutely compared to other people. So when we look at Djokovic and, and he was not able to play there last year mm-hmm. with, with, with the vaccine mandates that Australia didn't let him in. Yeah. Nadal goes on to win. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about in the career pantheon of the all-time greats. These are two of the guys right there neck and neck. Does that bother? You think that bothers the Joker a little bit going, the only reason why you won last year is because I wasn't there. I wasn't allowed to play. Does that stick in his craw a little bit? Well, absolutely. When you look at it, there are guys who look back at every tournament that they've had opportunities to win and they didn't capitalize on it. For me, it's like Medvedev will look at last year's Australian Open. Uh, Joker, you know, will look at the fact that he wasn't able to play. Uh, he had an opportunity against Stan Wawrinka in 15 or 16 to win the French Open. He was a minus six star favorite in the final itself. Wow. Um, you know, Roger Federer, I think it was 2019 or it might have been 18, but I think it was 19. Two match points on serve against the Joker. I mean, if you've got Roger Federer on a grass court I still serving, you, you're thinking, okay, go ahead and begin, you know, pre- uh, preparations to hand him the trophy. I had our Fed that day. Oh, did you really? Two oh. match points on his racket 
on the grass courts of Wimbledon against Novak, and he didn't win. It's it's still one of the more stunning turnarounds I've ever seen. You know, we talk about scar tissue all the time in yeah. golf, right? Certainly for a guy like, you know, last week, Kyle Morikawa for me, just as a better. But we know that Kyle Morikawa is thinking about that collapse, too. When Medvedev thinks about what happened last year up two sets to love, is that scar tissue that builds up in a negative way where that creeps into your mind if he's back in that position again? Yeah, now Medvedev wasn't completely healthy last year, but you saw some of the play tail off a little bit, and I think it played a factor in it. it, You know, Rafa to me is at that level of Jordan from a mental standpoint. You know, I look at Fed sometimes. When he played Rafa, he was already beaten before he stepped on the court. And Rafa is just relentless. He is he from a competitor. Give you an inch. He doesn't give you an inch. Absolutely right. He plays every point like it's, you know, life or death. Yeah, he really does. So, look, if it gets to Nadal and Joker in the final, who wouldn't want to watch that? Yeah. That would be interesting. But again, 17 to 1 right now for Rafa. But really, the smart money is Amal's pointing as lay the dollar 10 with Novak right now because that number is not going to be there much longer. Let's go to the women's draw very quickly. We mentioned that uh, we thought Schweitek maybe. At, you know, what, what was she before the draw came out? I'm trying to remember, but it's right around where it is now, plus 220, plus 200. So it, dr- it dropped a little bit uh, against Iga here, that where she is now, plus 225. Is that because the draw is a little bit more difficult? Or you, you even kind of were leaning that way that she's not a strong favorite in this field, that this is much more wide open than certainly the men's side? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, look, she's had great success. We know what she's been able to do, but... Um... To me, uh, when I look at this one, there's no way she should be a 225 favorite. This is like, you know, you're bordering on Serena numbers. I have, Serena would have been a shorter favorite, but Serena obviously was far more dominant right. than Iga Schweitek has been. And I, I just don't understand, you know, down under, she's only made a semifinal, and that was last year. That was her best finish. She's won the French Open twice. She's won the U.S. Open once. But I, to sit there and think at 225, there's no way I would play her. Pagula's playing well. Um, you look at uh, right now, Belinda Benche in a final here tonight in, I don't, I don't remember if she's playing in Adelaide or in Hobart, but I think she's in Adelaide, you know, so she's playing well on the hard court. She won the gold medal at the Olympics on the hard courts. Uh, we saw Rybakina win a grand slam last year. Danielle Collins is competitive on the hard courts. Andrescu won a U.S. Open. Uh, Paula, Do- Paula Bedosa. I mean, Caroline Garcia's really had a good season. Jabor uh, had a great year last year. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of players on the women's side. You can take some of these long shots like Benchich at 20 to 1. I think they've got a great opportunity to be able to make a run. The, the no prop on Iga mm-hmm. to not win the AL is minus $3. Yeah. Is that, is there value in that? Or is because you know, we don't want to lay three to win one. Yeah. But again, you don't think she plus two twenty five is just not long enough for you to, to play the the plus price. Correct. Yeah, the minus three dollars becomes a little bit high because she's very capable of winning the tournament. Don't get me wrong, but to sit there and suggest at this price that she should you should take her at two twenty five, I, I think is just is not a smart play. On that board of longer shots, who do you think is a is a fair play? We were talking about you know Nadal maybe at seventy one to get the semis look for a hedge. Who do you think might be at least make a, a semi run? Belinda Benchich twenty to one. Ah, it's a good number, too. Benchich at 20 to 1. I've mentally earmarked that one, Amal Shaw. Uh, when we come back, where's Derek Carr going to play next year? The numbers are changing because, well, the rumor mill is changing. We'll discuss where we think Carr, his car goes next year. Come on back. It's Big Bets here on VC. VSIN's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest games, the VEASAN experts have you covered. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of just $9.99. VEASAN Pro subscribers get access to our daily recap of the top plays made by VEASAN show hosts and guests. Tools like our betting splits are going to let you see where the money and bets are moving for every single game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for the biggest games of the season where experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe today to sign up for just $9.99. Become part of the Sports Betting Network. That's VSIN slash subscribe. Back alongside Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. I want to read this to you, Amal. Athletes nowadays, as you know, like to use social media for their own reasons. We saw Lamar Jackson with his um, long tweets about why he can't play for the Ravens. This comes from one Derek Carr, and he said, and I quote, Raider Nation, it breaks my heart. I didn't get an opportunity to say goodbye in person. We certainly have been on a roller coaster in our nine years together. From the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful and appreciative of the years of support you gave to my family and me. We have had our share of both heartbreaking moments and thrilling game-winning drives, and it will always feel like you were there next to me. It's especially hard to say goodbye because I can honestly say that I gave you everything I had every single day in season and in the offseason. It wasn't clearly perfect, but I hope that I was able to leave you with more than a few great memories as Raider fans. He went on. We don't have time to continue. It's very nice of Derek Carr, but it feels like if that's not a goodbye, I don't know what is. Jimmy G did give a goodbye to the Niners last year, then he came back. If you think there's any way they could mend fences, I don't even see a number on the board for Derek Carr to come back to Las Vegas because it feels like that door has been closed. If it is, in fact, closed, Amal Shaw, why do you think Josh McDaniels is moving on? And what do you think plan B is here in the desert before we figure out where he might be going, that he being Derek Carr? I can't speculate on a guy that would draft Tim Tebow in the first round. <laughs> I mean, I just have no answer But it can't for it. be Jared Stidham, can it? I have no idea. Look, if you think Tim Tebow is a first-round quarterback, everybody's in play. Dave, you <laughs> might be getting a call. Stand by your phone. <laughs> so we don't know what Josh McDaniels is thinking, but we do know this. When Derek Carr puts that out on social media, he's saying goodbye. He's yeah. not expecting to be back, right? Now, you see some of the shorter numbers on the board. The Saints are 3-1. to one. The Falcons, 8-1. to one. The Jets, 3-1. to one. Commanders, 3-1. to one. Colts, 6-1. to one. Panthers, 6-1. to one. And then the longer shots, Bucks. if Brady goes elsewhere, because there's room, he might come to the desert. 11 to 1, Titans 20 to 1, Seahawks 30 to 1, Lions 30 to 1. He ain't going to the Lions. I think the Lions are, are now thinking that Jared Goff is at least the short-term answer. This kind of ties into the Jimmy G conversation we had yesterday. So many teams need a quarterback. Yep. That Derek Carr is in play with about 10 different teams potentially. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they still have the rights to Derek Carr, the Raiders. So this would somehow this is not as easy as saying, Derek, where do you want to go? And that's where you go. It's not like he's an unrestricted free agent, but it feels like they're going to move him, And then we got to figure out what the right destination is and the right price tag. Yeah. And he has a no trade clause as well. So something crucial there. Um, you know, the saints are three to one, Dave, I'd say that looks interesting to me. And the reason is he's going to play eight games in the dome in new Orleans. And then you'd play in Carolina, Atlanta, and Tampa. So the weather's not going to be a factor. And I don't know if the NFC has got nine home games next year, if they've got the eight. So you're looking at potentially 11 or 12 games where you're in a controlled weather environment. And then maybe out of the remaining five or six games, 
maybe you have to play, you know, in Green Bay or something like that. So I think Carr, you're looking at probably 14 games, 15 games where the weather's not going to be a factor. I don't think it's a bad move for the Saints because they still have a very good defense. Um, they've got a lave. They've, they've got a decent team there overall. So I guess Jameis Winston is just persona non grata with Dennis Allen. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Right, because Andy Dalton's still there, and so they're talking about bringing in potentially Derek Carr as the, one of the short favorites on the board, the Saints at 3-1. to one. They already have two veterans, yeah. and they're going to go another veteran route. I, the Colts, to me, aren't – I know they're 6-1 to one here. I would be surprised if they're in play because they've tried this three times with recycling the vets, and it hasn't worked. I well, mean – you can make a case it worked with Phillip Rivers, and that's about it. The other two clearly did not work with Matty Ice and with uh, Carson Wentz. They're drafting fourth. You assume they're going to take a quarterback. What I find interesting so far, C.J. Stroud is not officially declared for the draft. What? Yeah, which is surprising. Um, there, there's no way he goes back to the Ohio State, is there? I, I, let me tell you, if he goes back, I would downgrade him based on lack of intelligence to make a smart decision. <laughs> I, I guess he's going to be the one or two pick. Yeah, a quarterback, right? He's going to be the first or second quarterback taken. Absolutely. So what are you coming back for? Um, yeah, I get you want to win, but it doesn't mean you're going to win a year from now. There's too many factors involved and there's too much money. You're going to make $25 million. I mean, I do recall when Peyton Manning did that at Tennessee and then he, he did the con- he orchestrated the band at yeah. Rocky Top. Right? By the way, that, that, it's an epidemic in college football that needs to cease immediately. What, quarterbacks or- orchestrating yeah. oh, the band God. like they're Lawrence Welk? Yes. It's an old reference. So, again, I don't know where Derek Carr is going to go, but when you say a, a goodbye you know, sermon like that on social media, he expects to be gone. One guy that we thought might be gone but is not gone, and we have breaking news. Do we have a Sean McVay? He's coming back to the city of angels. Now this is the second year in a row that Sean McVay is forwarded with retirement. Mm-hmm. They win the Super Bowl last year. He talked about it. It's going to go into TV, maybe go the John Gruden route and maybe come back 10 years later. Right. He didn't came back. They had, and I repeat, they had the worst record in the history of defending Super Bowl champions in the history of defending Super Bowl champions. So they checked out yeah. whatever you want to say. They checked out. He's coming back. Is this good news for Rams fans? My answer is two words, eight letters. You want to guess what it is? Hell no. Who cares? Oh, because I only had six. <laughs> I, my, my point is, <laughs> you know, fine. Okay, you made a decision. Matthew Stafford, he's been injury prone last year. Um, his health, how is it going to be next year? Aaron Donald, is he going to retire? Is he going to come back? This team needs to, you, you know, they look, I thought losing Whitworth on the offensive line was a big blow. Yeah. At this point in time, they're not the best team in their league. I mean, sorry, in their division. No, San Francisco. San best. Francisco. And so, I, I mean, look, they got the Super Bowl. Everything worked out well. They were at home. Everything played out perfectly for them. Um, you know, good for McVay. You got married in the offseason, right? Okay. And so you, you win the Super Bowl, you get married, and, you know, like we talked about, Donald was flirting with retirement, yeah. right? Matthew Stafford was flirting with retirement. McVay was flirting with it. And they, they've all come back, but we saw what it looked like this year, and it didn't – we saw it early on. Like, it looked like Stafford to me was a guy with the eyes down, like, I don't need to take these shots. I'm not looking downfield for that extra second to get the ball. That's what it takes to be an elite quarterback. You got to stand in there, take those hits. Aaron Donald clearly checked out by the end of the year. I'm sure he could have gone if the games were meaningful. He decided not to play. You know, Jalen Ramsey's probably sitting there going, why am I still playing? You know, they have star, pa- star power at an elite level. He is a star head coach. 
But I do wonder, like, how much are you really into it if you keep talking about retirement? I would agree with you. I think it's a great question. Anytime in any uh, business, if you kind of have a foot out the door, I, I think it becomes very difficult to see the type of engagement that you want out of somebody if you think they might be looking at their next opportunity or looking to leave. And you look at this team down the stretch. I mean, would they win five games all year, five and 12? I mean, look at all the red in the but, middle of that that season. Yeah, they they start out the season three and three, and then you know this team wins two games in their last eleven games. And they beat the brakes out of the Broncos. Still not sure how that happened. Put up fifty one. Then of course checked out against the the Chargers and Seahawks to lose their last two. So he's coming back. That's the report today. You know, to your point about you know when you have one foot out the door. I'll never forget, had a conversation with Ronda Rousey when she was the, the baddest woman on the planet. She was getting ready to fight a woman named Holly Holm mm -hmm. over there in Melbourne, Australia. And I caught up with her on a Wednesday before that fight was on a Saturday. And I said, you know, how, if you win this fight, you know, how long do you want to keep doing this? She goes, I want to go somewhere where Dana White doesn't have my phone number and I can't be reached. And I thought, started to think, oh, she's looking at retirement. Yeah. And that, you know, she ended up fighting one more time in the UFC, and that was not successful as well. And then took her wares elsewhere to uh, the world of, of fake wrestling. So, like, she was checking out. Yeah. And I just wonder about the Rams now with all these stars. You know, Bobby Wagner's not getting younger. Aaron Correct. Donald's not getting younger. Jalen Ramsey is, I think he's still one of the top corners in the league. But really, in the offensive side of the ball, Maul, what do they really have that you go, yeah, they're going to come back with Tyler Higby? And Matt Stafford and Cam Akers, and we're, this is going to be the group. We're going to resurrect the Rams from the ashes. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think that's something that's uh, crucial when you look at these teams and betting them in the futures market next year. Uh, I don't know how you can back the Rams. They'll be better, obviously, than, you know, their 5-12 and 12 record, but how much better? Yeah, it looks like even Seattle right now is at least, I mean, by record, Seattle's lapped them, but yeah. at least on par talent-wise. Ex yeah, exactly. You know, so again, those are some of the things. But again, that's the report we're just getting now that Sean McVay has made his decision. He has not taken the time that Aaron Rodgers looks like he's going to take. Sean McVay will be back with the organization. If you're Green Bay, do you put a, hey, give us an ultimatum with Rodgers because you've got Jordan Lovin going into year four. Uh, of a rookie deal. Yeah. So again, Jordan Love was a first-round pick. So I'm with you. Like, Aaron, we gave you all the concessions yeah. you asked for. What's the decision? You got to make one. Sean McVay has already made his. All right, we'll put a finishing bow on this edition, the Friday edition of Big Bets here on Visa. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. -O. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex 
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Sin's Big Bets with Dave Ross and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Sunday football parlay insurance, and much more. It is a whole new ballgame. Wrapping up the Friday edition of Big Bets here on Visa with Amal Shaw, Dave Ross here. Let's get to our pro tip for hour number two. It's something we discussed in conjunction with the AO. When did they start calling it the AO, by the way, instead of the Australian Open? Because I never did that as a kid. No, I think it's been more recent. Yeah, it's been a new yeah. thing, right? And That's their Twitter handle as well. Uh, in conjunction with the draw that has come out, you liked Novak Djokovic earlier in the week before the draw when he was minus $1.10. Now that you've seen the draw, you like it even more. So there, the pro tip for hour number two is, after looking at the draw, it's even better value for Joker. That number has not changed at minus $1.10. So again, you might want to, if you're going to bet the AO futures market, you want to think about getting in on Joker now because that is the best number that you're going to get. Certainly after he wins his first round match, which we assume he will. And uh, second and on, that number is going to change dramatically. So if you're going to get in that futures market for the Australian Open, you might want to play that minus $1.10 on the Joker right now after seeing the draw. That is the pro tip for hour number two. Again, as a VEASAN Pro subscriber, you have access to up to 20 of those per day across the VEASAN network. Again, you can go to VEASAN.com, sort those out by show and or by sport. Going to give you our best bets that we have going into the weekend and beyond. I'll give you mine in the NFL. Go ahead. Uh, not a big surprise. I'm going to play some small favorites here this week. And, you know, this is an exercise you and I have done throughout the football season. I'm going to look for plays under three or around three. And, yes, I do like the Cowboys laying the two and a half. I know we're on opposite ends of that one Monday night in Tampa Bay. I, I didn't love it all week. But, really, as I looked at the Cowboys and that disaster against Washington – the number got more playable for me because I really thought this number would be about four, four and a half potentially for the Cowboys. At two and a half, that's playable for me. I'm going to play the Cowboys, lay that two, two and a half. The Vikings, we talked about this one. They're laying four on Christmas Eve. They won by three. 
I think the the number is is right, but I actually think the Vikings are, if you can believe this, playing better football right now, and I think their defense is playing a little bit better. I like them the second time around a lot more than I did the first time around against the G-Men. I'm going to lay the three. I got the Chargers at one. That number's ballooned a little bit to two and a half. Got that earlier in the week at yeah. one. You know, it's, it is now Al Davis just win baby type game for me sure. with all three of these. And if I push the Vikings, I can live with that. But I'm going to play those small favorites, uh, two of those on the road, and one of those at home in Minnesota. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, I took the Australian Open. I took Novak Djokovic to win the Aussie Open. Um, you know, I like San Francisco. I uh, have not played that one yet. I uh, did do a money line parlay with the 49ers and the Bills earlier in the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think I'll be on San Francisco. I don't know if I'll be on um, the Bills itself at 13 and a half. You know, when you mentioned you played that money line parlay in the NFL mm-hmm. with the Bills and the Niners earlier in the week. Okay, some people might shy away from that now because the numbers balloon so much with the, the quarterback news out of, out of Miami. When you played that, you got a much better number on the Bills than what people would get now at 13 and a half when it was what? Nine, nine and a half, right? Would you, would you say once they balloon – you certainly don't want to play them outright, but in a parlay scenario, God forbid one of those teams gets upset, you only lose the bet versus laying a big number just to win 100. Yeah, absolutely. I think it becomes a little bit more difficult as the number continues to elevate and escalate. But, um, you know, to me right now, when I look at it, um, probably not one I would want to throw in there because what's the money line price now? Probably oh about $6. Yeah, I can look at that very quickly. Yeah, at 13 and a half is the number minus $9 for the bills right now, if you like them in the money line. So again, that number and that money line number is ballooned uh, quite large oh, wow. since that quarterback change. Yeah, eight, eight, 800 to $1,000, Kelly's saying. So probably too, too large of a play to make at this point in time, unless you're putting it in a parlay with a couple other games that you may like along the weekend. Absolutely. Let's get to some of these props in the Australian Open before that tournament begins on Sunday for us, Monday over there down under in Melbourne. And – I know that you like uh, uh, Belinda here possibly to make a run 20 to one mm-hmm. to win the whole theater thing. Benchik right now, she is minus a dollar 40 in her, you know, head to head. When you look at some of these head to heads here in the women's side, which ones stick out to you as possible? Uh, really good plays. Uh, Benchic, uh, minus 140 against Barbara uh, Krachikova. She's coming back, has not been completely healthy. Her game really isn't where it should be. Uh, so I would look at Benchic there. Good price on that one. Well, I love some of these bets that DraftKings has. I wish we had some of these here in uh, mm-hmm. Nevada, Kelly. Yeah, and, and what I now what I also like is again because because you like Benchich to make a long term run, mm-hmm. and you think uh, you know right now that's a favorable matchup. You're laying a dollar forty, yeah. but it's just head to head. So yeah. you know you, you get one upset, and all of a sudden you win that minus dollar forty in the second round per se. Right. When you look at Sabalenka here, minus dollar fifty against uh, Caroline Garcia. Garcia coming off injury here. I know you like her. Yeah. Uh, how about this head to head with Garcia getting plus money, plus a dollar 10. I, I like Garcia plus the one ten here. I think Sabalenka is inconsistent, especially in the grand slams. Garcia has played really well. I think she's got an opportunity to make a deep run as well. Just lost in the last match to Benchich though in three sets. So I think uh, I'd look at Garcia here. When you look at Schweitek, she's the mm-hmm. uh, shortest favorite on the board. You can get plus money over $2 betting favorite to win the Australian open. I know you and I don't necessarily like that play. Now she's going to lay 3.30 in a head-to-head against Jabor here at plus 2.40 for Ons. What do you make of that? I would look at um, uh, Schweitek here. I think she should get uh, further along than Owens Jabor. Jabor really not doing much right now in these um, tune-up tournaments, so I think uh, Schweitek at 3.30 is not a bad play. When you look at uh, Petra Kvitova against uh, Carolina 
uh, Pushkova here. This one feels pretty even. Uh, Kvitova right now minus dollar forty. Pushkova uh, even money here. What do you make of that head to head? Yeah, I like Petra minus one forty. She struggles. She loses to Daria Kasakina uh, in the tournament in Adelaide. Kasakina is going to take out Benchich in the final today. Benchich about a minus one eighty favorite in that one. But Pliskova has really struggled last year. Uh, hasn't really turned it around. I think Kvitova has got an opportunity to be more successful in this one. Okay, so these are all via DraftKings here. So, again, uh, Amal is going to give you some of the leans that he likes there. I, I do believe in the men's side. I don't know if we have some of these, but let me stay in the women with Caroline Garcia because she is a woman that we've identified earlier in the week as somebody, again, coming off injury that you really like now where she might be. And maybe she's unheralded right now in the betting market, and you might be able to take advantage – of where she might advance to. If you like her to reach the final, not win, but at least reach the final six to one. Semis plus two forty, quarters plus a dollar fifty to get to the second round. It's you gotta wait twelve to one, right? Third round's two to one. Fourth round minus a dollar twenty. Where does it really get playable for you? Because I know you're not gonna wait twelve to one, even though we think she should be able, at least to win one match in the Australian yeah, Open. I think getting to the third round at minus two dollars is not a bad bet. Um yeah, I would actually take that over the fourth round one where you're at minus one twenty. Or if you want to take a look at the quarters at plus 150. But to me, the minus $2 to make the third round is is a pretty good one here. For for those that are unfamiliar with her game, mm-hmm. because, again, coming off injury, what what style of player are we looking at at Garcia down under? You know, she she's a player that, that can defend. She can uh, also, she's got a good serve. She can really create some problems for you on serve. She's generally very effective on serve, and that's what she's been able to hone in on. She was making too many double faults a couple of years ago, made a coaching change, gotten her game back on track. All right, so that's one to watch there. I know the Americans, mm-hmm. we like to bet for Americans. Mm-hmm. It's what we like to do sometimes. Sometimes it's advantageous, sometimes not so much. Yeah. Coco Golf, uh, we expect big things from her now, and uh, it feels like the, the odds are starting to reflect that. If you think she can get to the finals, 10 to 1. Semis, plus 450. Quarters, 2 to 1, plus dollars. Uh, quarter, uh, fourth round, still plus money, plus $1.20. You got to lay just to win one match, 360, to win two, minus $1.65. Is that the, the draw? Because those numbers, I feel like, are juicy. For her to at least win two matches, is there danger there in laying those numbers? Uh, you know, I think, again, third round, minus 165, not bad. It's got to win the first two matches. I think Coco should be able to do that. You know, on the women's side, it's such a crapshoot because I think that's why I said Shvitek at the price is not a good bet because anything could happen. You know, you look on the draw on her side. She's got Pagula over there, Paula Badosa. Uh, these are players that are all capable of knocking her off. It just depends on, you know, your performance on that day. You know, and then I look at, you look at uh, Paul here, but also she's going to be 20 to one to mm-hmm. get to the finals. Yeah. She's going to be 10 to one to reach the semis. Juicy plus prices, quarters plus 350, fourth round plus $1.20. Again, almost like golf, minus 360 to get to the second round. And again, like golf, minus $2 to get to the third. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Badosa, I would not be as enamored with to take, to go as far Um Second round of minus 360 is a fairly cheap price. I don't like her. You know, she could lose in the second round, third round, wherever. This is not a play I would make, but if you're looking for a safe bet, then you're going to lay the price here and just hope she gets through her first match. I don't know who the matchup is she has in round one, but I'm assuming she's about a minus 360 favorite. Okay, and again, on the men's side, very quickly, when I look at a guy like, say, Nick Kyrgios, sometimes there's demarcation lines. Well, this guy can go out in the first round or he can win the whole thing. Yeah. Where is it for Nick if you're a backer of Curious? We go, okay, now he's through the, the troubled waters. I expect him to make a deep run. You know, he's got a cap- he's capable of doing it in this tournament. It's wide open. Nick should be able to get to a quarter or semi. The question is, does Nick stay focused for those matches? That's always the yeah. question with one Nick Kyrgios. Uh Great stuff, as always. Kevin, Kelly, 
Amal, myself, thanks for watching this edition of Big Bets. Don't go anywhere. The final countdown is next right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 